Hi, this is Ann Robertson, the Executive Director of the Massachusetts Bible Society, and this is the Spirit Walker's Devotion for Monday, September 8th, 2008. I was preaching yesterday, so my usual Sunday time didn't happen to write this, but I am looking back on yesterday uh, for the devotion this morning, and I'm hoping to get through this. The dogs over at my neighbors from hell have been barking, and I've had to cut it off already a couple of times, so let's see. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, Luke is speaking here. I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you've been instructed. I had the privilege yesterday of preaching in one of America's oldest churches, King's Chapel, which was founded in Boston in 1686. The current building was constructed in 1754, and the bell ringing from the tower was cast by Paul Revere. You can see it if you come to Boston and take the Freedom Trail. It's stop number five along that tourist route. The architecture inside the church remains the same as it was back in 1754. The pews are still boxed with numbered doors on each one. Many of the boxes had seats facing each other, and people moved from one to the other depending on whether they were watching the musicians in the balcony or the service in the chancel. The pulpit is up in the air, with a steep twisting stair leading to a door in the rounded pulpit. As I tried to ascend the dark, narrow stair and open the pulpit door, which opens out, without tripping on my robe, I wondered if such a setup wasn't instituted to remind pastors of the dangers of preaching the gospel. Ultimately, however, it was a different architectural feature that caused me to reflect, pretty literally. Of course, there were no electronic sound systems in the churches of 1754, but it was still necessary for large crowds to be able to hear a single speaker. Churches were constructed with that in mind. Hanging above the high pulpit was a matching cover, to allow the sound to be magnified rather than being lost in the high ceiling of the sanctuary. When the liturgist and I moved from the box below the pulpit to the altar for the prayers and communion service, I was instructed to face a bit toward the decorated wall behind the altar. It, too, was designed as a sounding board for those speaking from the altar. It was an odd thing to direct my speech toward a sounding board rather than out toward the people. And so I thought about sounding boards and wondered if the life of Jesus doesn't serve that function for Christians today. Too often we face our lives out toward the people, thinking that's the best way to have our message be heard. In reality, however, it's often lost in the busyness of the crowd. We respond by trying to make our lives louder, and if people don't pay attention, we become a bit frantic resorting to stunts and gimmicks to get people to pay attention to us. It becomes difficult even to hear ourselves or to realize how we're coming across to others. But what if, instead of speaking toward the people, we directed our lives toward the sounding board of Jesus? The connection of our message with the life of Jesus would magnify our lives enough to catch the ears of our listeners. Of course, because the message would be obvious, bouncing off our Jesus board, there would be no way to cover up if our lives, combined with the life of Jesus, caused dissonance. The noisy gong and clanging symbol of a life out of step with the Christian way 
would be just as obvious as the soaring melodies and subtle harmonies of a life in the center of God's will. When we're out of step, we are more likely to hear our errors ourselves if we continue to face the Jesus board. If we turn to face the people, we could look the fool and never know it. I chose the above passage for today because if we're to use the life of Jesus as a sounding board for our own lives, we have to know what the life of Jesus was all about. In other words, we need to know the content of the Gospels. So I encourage you today to read them. Not necessarily all today, but you get the point. All four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over and over. Then adjust the position of your life so that it can bounce off the life of Jesus before getting to those who are watching you. Your witness to the gospel will be heard loud and clear without any need to raise your voice or perform any stunts. Will you pray with me? Help us, Jesus, to match our lives to yours. Amen. Thanks for subscribing to Spirit Walkers. This comes out weekly, usually on a Sunday or sometimes a Saturday or a Monday. I'm glad that you're here. Drop me a line every now and again and let me know you're out there. It's always great to hear from you. And also be sure to check out the Massachusetts Bible Society as we prepare for our bicentennial year in 2009. We have lots of interesting things coming up. Always things going on. Thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.